So when you're working alone, building a software application, building a business in general, um, there's a uh, push and pull between your CEO mode and your worker bee mode. The CEO in you is determining a direction, an overall goal, an overall focus, the um, determining what customer requests to listen to, which ones to discard. So there's that product manager role, there's the financial role, there's a legal role, there's the quality of life role. You're thinking of all these things of, you know, am I building a business that, that I like? Am I talking to customers that I enjoy? Is this something I want to spend the next three years on? Is this something that will be a stable foundation for, for, for me going forward and my family? Um, so you've got all these thoughts going ahead as well as, you know, kind of a medium level, um, medium level of thoughts where, um, you're talking through, you know, it, does this feature lead to that strategic goal I have in mind? But th then you have the worker bee stuff where, okay, I've got all these tasks set out or I've got all these goals set out and I need to break that down into tasks and accomplish them in a, in a logical order. And even at a lower level, just doing the tasks, right? So when you're doing these tasks, you can't constantly be reevaluating why you're doing the task, what the overall strategy is. If you're and on every single minute task, you know, adding a button to a, to a customer feedback form, um, adding a way for a customer to upgrade or downgrade their plants, um, um, changing the way that, you know, in, in the case of my business, changing the way uh, a person can select members for their group. You can't be reevaluating this task's place in the overall scheme. Otherwise, you just get into the spin and the spiral where nothing gets done. So, anyway, I, I constantly have to, to fight against this push and pull. So, today, <laughs> the push and pull involves me um, thinking about two separate but very important issues in the life of this, the new phase of Mastermind Jam. The first is onboarding paths. I'm really set to, to deliver uh, an excellent onboarding experience. Um, I think I do an okay job of that today, considering where we are today. Um, thanks to um, how nice the uh, the user interface is a type form when you're onboarded today you're, you're you go through a nice questionnaire rather than filling out a form with 50 fields you you get step by step through the thing can i make that better of course um, but it was definitely good enough for now when i launched um, it's just a little long in the tooth now but in in order to revamp this and, and adapt it for the for the new thing for the next phase that i'm that this whole push is about um, I have to identify what are the different paths that people have to take to get into my, my app. I, you know, I talk a lot about the, the first path of a brand new person getting into a brand new group, but there are a lot of paths and I, I didn't fully understand this. And that's kind of the root of the, the problem I'm currently having in the business. So the first path is the obvious path. People who want to join a new mastermind group. Um, so that for those people, um, we'll, we'll we're going to change the onboarding so that in addition to telling me about them themselves, um, it's going to be much more with much more with an eye to um, getting them um, into the experience of the app, setting their expectations of what they're going to get out of it um, and help them be a better mastermind member when they are put into it. So the second um, onboarding 
touch point is people who want to bring their existing group into the platform. I want this new phase of Mastermind Jam to be able to cater to people. They have a Mastermind group outside of Mastermind Jam. It wasn't organized by us. And they just want to bring all their group members on board because they want to use all the productivity tools and they think it will help them. Um, I need a way for all of those people to be onboarded at once, not one at a time. So these are people that I don't want to bother trying to match them in their group. They have a group. They just need to use the tools and become a member in the system. The, but see, that has, this, this group of people has um, two facets. It can be a peer-driven group they're bringing on. But what if it's a guru-led mastermind group? What if it's a group that each member has paid money to some central leader guy to facilitate their groups? Do I support that? It's kind of a rhetorical question right now. I don't really have an answer for that yet. People who want to be a coach. So some people are going to sign up just because they want access to the members to coach them. So say I am a Facebook marketing expert or I'm a WordPress plugin development expert or whatever. You know, I am a business broker. I am a, on a, a small business account. So I want to sign up to Mastermind Jam to make myself available to be a coach to mastermind groups that request it. And that's it. I don't want to be part of a group. I shouldn't have to go through that whole gauntlet of telling you about myself and my business. Just let me sign up. And if at some point I personally do want to be in a mastermind group, not my company, but me, then I can go back and go through that first gauntlet. Another onboarding avenue is, it's kind of a sub-avenue of the first one. So existing groups that either they are or are not formed through Mastermind Jam want to add one more member. So that's like a sub-onboarding. So there's a process the group has to go through to request a member. And there's a process they need to go through to vet members who have been invited. In addition, that feeds into the very first uh, onboarding cohort, which is people that want to get into the group. They should see right at sign up all the groups that are looking for someone just like them. Um, they shouldn't wait on me to prompt them. It should just be part of it. Um, and then and the last one is kind of a white label thing. I want to be able to take this and allow people to just sign up, put their logo on it, and offer this as a service to their membership. So if you have a community, whatever that community is, you want to offer mastermind groups to that community, you should be able to sign up for an account. There should be an onboarding process for that, of how to set up your organization in my system. And then you can start offering mastermind groups. So as I'm working on, on the many tasks to accomplish these onboarding flows, <laughs> my mind keeps doing this like weird spiral back up to 10,000 feet, looking down on it. Why am I doing this? What's the point of all this? Is this really necessary? Can I push this off to a later phase? And I, and I copter back down to lower levels and higher levels. And it's just, that's one of the biggest struggles of doing this by yourself. With a co-founder, at least you have somebody else to bounce it off of. Um, for people that have like venture funding or they're going through an incubator, they could, they could you know, they almost have a board of, of advisors that they can bounce these things off of. Um, and help them stay grounded. Me, I have a calendar, I have a bank balance, I have a wife, and uh, the pressures of life um, to get this done in just a few hours a day that I can devote to it. So 
that's a hurdle of a bootstrapping of bootstrapping a business that's a hurdle the other issue i'm going through today that's been kind of rattling around my brain i had a email conversation with a with a good customer and uh really knowledgeable guy and uh he I was explaining to him what I was hoping to accomplish here and what I was working for and you know what my progress was and he said, you know, boy, your your business kind of ticks all the boxes of of a freemium business. What uh, Brian Balfour says there are four elements that are critical to to check all the boxes if you're going to do freemium. He says your business might be a really great freemium business, and that has kind of made me step back away from the keyboard stand up, go to the whiteboard, and start doing pros and cons of, well, why am I not doing freemium? Why should I do freemium? Is he right? I hadn't ever considered it because, in my opinion, as a bootstrap founder with a day job and a family, the last thing I needed to be doing is supporting a bunch of free trial users. So what are, what are the four elements that Brian Balfour suggests are kind of the gates to determining if freemium can work in your business. Well, the first one is, does the business target an individual? So is it something that an individual signs up for, not his team, not his business, but his, well, as an individual, is it something you individually sign up for? Yep, uh, Mastermind Jam certainly checks that box. The second one is, it, is it quick to find value? So from the time you sign up, do you get value out of it really quickly? Uh, in the current version of Mastermind uh, Jam, relatively speaking, yes. Um, yes and no. It's debatable. Um, if I get you to, into a group relatively quickly, um, you still have to have a, a, a few meetings under your belt before you really kind of start getting value out of your Mastermind group. But in the new system, at the very least, yes, you'll get into a Mastermind group quickly, and the system will start helping you even where maybe the group isn't as far as like reminders and, and prodding you to stick to your schedule and accomplish your goals, the system's gonna do a lot of that. So that's a, that's a maybe on number two. Number three, does your um, business have a, an element of referral and virality to it? Is there that loop, that feedback loop? Well, with Mastermind Jam, I think so. I think, especially in the next version, there's gonna be a, a lot of different viral loops built in to the product. I can talk about those another day. But I'm going to say a definite yes on this third one. And the fourth one is, is there a clear path uh, for an individual to go from getting value out of it as an individual to moving up to um, inviting his whole team to start using it? And this is interesting. So, yeah, for, you know, let's, let's, let's look at an example that exists today. Again, Dropbox, you use it as an individual for a long time, and then... You start using it so much, you're probably going to bring it to work with you. You're going to recommend it to your boss or your manager. Or if you own a business, you're going to start insisting your team uses it to share documents. Uh, another one was something like OnePass or LastPass, where you're going to use it yourself for a while and then realize, well, I want to start sharing passwords with my teammates. And, hey, you know, I'm a bigger business now. I have compliance needs. I need to start auditing who's creating, sharing, and updating passwords. So I'm going to sign up for the team or the enterprise plan. Um, so is there that element in Mastermind Jam where individuals start onboarding whole um, groups of, of people? This is a, a kind of a maybe. It depends on how you look at it. Um, 
the, the case of Mastermind Jam, yes, you as an individual are going to sign up. And then if you, if you get into a group that really is, has a cohesive nature and you're going to be one of those groups that just stick together for years um, and grow together, then suddenly that is your team. That's your cohort of people. You don't want to lose out on that. Um, or people that are now, you know, experienced business owners that want to give back to the community as a coach, um, they're going to start recruiting people to join Mastermind Jam so that they can add to the number of people they coach through Mastermind Jam. And if this is something that's white labelable, if any of those businesses that people are, are talking about in their mastermind groups have a community aspect that they would like to offer mastermind groups to, well, who are they going to turn to to provide that solution? If Mastermind Jam has a white label offering that they can plug into their systems, um, sure as shit, and they're going to turn to Mastermind Jam. So three and a half to four of those items, I think I can say honestly that Mastermind Jam kind of takes those boxes. Still doesn't mean it's freemium is right for Mastermind Jam. But the opposite correlation can kind of hold that if I wanted to go with freemium, maybe it would work for Mastermind Jam because it ticks those boxes. So why do I charge? Like when I started this, it was free. I only started charging because I had customers say, I'm not going to sign up for your service because it's free. I don't trust that people are really serious about this because they didn't pay anything, um, which is at the time was really, really frustrating and, and eye-opening and interesting to me because frankly, at the beginning, I wasn't really planning for this to be a business endeavor that takes my eye off of other things, but it did. And once I start charging for it, I got to get a bit of attention. Um, so people wouldn't sign up. There were, there were certain people that wouldn't sign up. There were a lot of people that signed up when it was free, but certain people wouldn't sign up because I wasn't charging money. So the people that were not bothered by a free service were the, the beginners, the people that were pre-revenue, just had a business idea. I'm thinking about launching this thing. Maybe a mastermind group can help me along that journey. Those people were fine with free. The more uh, experienced business people, the people that were making a full-time income off of their bootstrap business, um, they weren't satisfied with that. They wanted to know that other people were as all-in as they were. Like the, the application fee was somehow table stakes for a good match. So they were looking at the, the match fee, the application fee, as a commitment signal. So this match fee signals that other people that I'm going to be matched with are as equally committed to um, the outcomes that they can get out of a mastermind group. They were looking at it as a quality signal. If somebody can afford the match fee, these people are, must be making enough in their business where this isn't a problem. So for like the 495 level, if you can afford 495 to get introduced to four other, you know, three or four other people, um, your business is probably solid enough where that's not a, that's not a major spend. You didn't, you didn't have to take a, out a loan to, to pay Ken 495 to get matched. 
So that's kind of a quality signal. Um, it also means that you're willing to spend money to make money. That's a good quality signal of a good entrepreneur. It tells others what kind of entrepreneur you are. That sign-up fee has also proved to be a very valuable anti-jerk measure, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So what I mean is I could very easily from the start have just made this a big wide open search engine. Like if you've been to Nomad List where um, Peter Levels has basically a search engine of all the cities in the world and ranks them based on different things that digital nomads are looking for in a, in a working abroad kind of location. Um, I could have, and, and one of my original plans was to make a search engine like that. Where it's like, okay, here's a list of all the entrepreneurs, and you search and, and buy the different facets and find the people you like, and then you invite them to a group. Problem with that is that quickly becomes a spam engine for marketers, uh, uh, a lead capture engine for people that have lead generation businesses. And there's going to be a lot of unhappy people quickly deleting profiles, similar to all those years we used to get LinkedIn email from people we didn't know. Um, just because people are scraping LinkedIn or the stupid auto DMs on Twitter where somebody follows you, hopes for a follow back, and then instantly DMs you, hey, let's contact on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, you know, <laughs> everything under the sun. And it's like, I know nothing about you. Why are you direct messaging me? I didn't want Mastermind Jam to turn into that. Um, there's a very strong chance it can do that. Um, so anyway, the application fee kind of filters out some of that jerk quotient and it won't get it all but um, a lot of it is kind of headed off of the pass um, and it also is kind of an anti-flaking measure anti-flaking to me is kind of a different signal than the commitment signal commitment is kind of the upfront okay I'm motivated to do this but motivation is fleeting inspiration is fleeting Flaking out is a kind of a down-the-road kind of thing where you just lose interest and, and drift away, um, where either other priorities take over, take precedence, or um, just get bored with it, or it's just too much work for the, the point where you are in your life. There's many reasons people flake. But if you've paid for a thing, you're less likely to flake. Imagine all those free ebooks you've downloaded. How many people have actually ever even opened the ebook? You know, of say, think of all the ebooks you download. What percentage have you clicked on after you downloaded it? And I'm not asking if you read the whole thing cover to cover, clicked on it. Because I got to tell you, if I've downloaded a thousand ebooks, which I probably have, I might have clicked on five of them. And of those five, I might have read the entire thing without skimming and just zooming through it as I'm scrolling through on my computer. I might have read two of those five. That's not very good. How, now, of the things I've paid for, purchased, Kindle books I've purchased, or you know, courses I've purchased, how many of those have I opened? 100%. Of those, how many did I complete? Probably 85, 80, 85% of those. Very, it's not very often I'll pay for a course or a book that I'll pay for it and not complete it. Everybody's different on this respect, but I think people are pretty consistent about if you didn't pay for it, you don't care about it very much. And so people are less likely to flake out on their group if they've paid for it up front. 
And if that initial payment hurt a little bit. So for a beginner, $49 might be a lot of money for, for a college kid living in their parents' basement living on ramen. $49 might be a lot of money for a beginner whose family is deeply in debt and they're trying to start a business to make their family lives better. $49 might be a lot of money for that person. They're motivated to make this help them. Um, for 95 again, it's a, it's a kind of a steep upfront price and it helps people to really think through, are they going to follow through with this and get value out of it? So that application fee has been helpful in many ways. Yes, it drives down conversion rates. Yes, it keeps signup rates low. But whenever I've offered a special or a coupon or, you know, I did the microconf um, sponsorship and I gave away free, a few free um, mastermind group matches. And 100% of those people flaked. Like of all the, the people that signed up for free, none are still in a group that I organized. Many didn't even make it to the first meeting. I'm, if it sounds like I'm agitated, agitated is not the correct word. Pissed is the correct word. Um, I understand why it is, but I'm pissed. I'm disappointed. Um, because when you flake on your group, you not only ruin the potential of, of what you could have gotten out of it, you not only lose that, but you, you fuck it up for the other people in the group. You take the shine off of it. It's like going and getting a, a six-pack of, of your favorite beer at the liquor store. It's this six-pack of amazing craft beer that somebody slaved over. And, and you get home, somehow you didn't look at the bag. You get home, you open the bag, and there's one beer missing in your six-pack. It's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, you still enjoy the other five beers, but it took, it took the shine off it a little bit. Like pulling away from the drive-thru, and one of the things that you ordered isn't in the sack. Um, boy. So, those are the reasons I haven't considered freemium. So, as I'm implementing features and, you know, working on the pricing page, and um, to be frank, I haven't figured out what the pricing is yet, but I, I have a place for it. Um, <laughs> for somebody to suggest to me, hey, your business kind of checks all the boxes for being a good freemium product. Freemium products are often um, associated with high user numbers, and explosive growth. For anything that's a matching service, let's talk about like Match.com, OkCupid, LinkedIn. Anything that's a mad matching service benefits from a lot of users, and it benefits from um, a lot of signups. Um, especially a matching service like mine that depends on a certain amount of entropy in the system where I can match users together who otherwise might not have ever met. Um, a little chaos in the system. So I'm not just matching. If four people sign up today, I don't put them in the group. I actually wait to get four people into a good group that is a good match for each of those four people. And it's very rare for me to get four, eight, or 16 people to sign up that they just neatly fit into the perfect number into a groups because I make sure that each person is in the right group for each person and that's a lot harder um, to do than to say so my business would greatly benefit from having a ton of users even if only a small percentage of them were engaged um, but as a solo founder as a bootstrapper 
I can't build a service that needs a high degree of support. Um, because I personally don't have the time to sit around all day answering support questions or emails or, or helping um, shepherd um, people through the program. That means if I'm going to do freemium, I have to work more on product. It's got to be more polished, fewer bugs, fewer black holes of information, um, better onboarding, um, more self-explanatory processes and workflows, more automation. So maybe a freemium is the way to go, but I'm not sure freemium is the way to go for Bootstrapper. Maybe freemium is the perfect thing for this product, but I'm not sure that freemium is the perfect thing for this product for this founder. Um, so those are the things I'm wrestling with. So if the only way that Mastermind Jam is gonna be a success is to make it a freemium product, then I'm, I'm, I, I find myself thinking, well, maybe this is just not the right business for me. Maybe I can't approach this business because I can't give it what it needs. So I have some thinking to do. Does this need to be paid or does it need to be freemium? I've outlined why I don't do it free today. And I've outlined why free might be helpful. And I've got to weigh those two things while still trying to get tasks done on just a limited amount of time each day because life is busy. I hope you're having a good day, and I will see you next time.